0: Good morning, I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. It's day 382 of our three-year journey through God's Word, and we come this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 12. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look at this chapter, which uh, kind of brings us to a conclusion um, in the public ministry of the prophet Samuel. Samuel's not going anywhere. Uh, But we have his farewell address as he's sort of officially turning over the reins from him being judge over Israel to Saul being king over Israel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us, your faithfulness to us, your goodness to us. Thank you that we have the best possible king and judge over us. Not Samuel or Saul, but the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you would... Teach us your word today and draw our hearts closer to Christ. For the time we spend together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 12. And Samuel said to all Israel, Behold, I have obeyed your voice in all that you have said to me and have made a king over you. And now behold, the king walks before you. And I am old and gray. And behold, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my youth Until this day, here I am. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Or whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? Or from from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me and I will restore it to you. They said, You have not defrauded us, or oppressed us, or taken anything from any man's hand. And he said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, He is witness. And Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, stand still that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your fathers. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, Then your fathers cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. And he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab. And they fought against him. And they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, because we have forsaken the Lord and have served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, so that we may serve you. And the Lord sent Jeroboam and Barak and Jephthah and Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. And now behold, the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked, behold, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now, therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain all that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants, to the Lord your God, that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins this evil to ask for ourselves a king. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people, for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. That's First Samuel chapter 12 in the ESV. That's quite a stunning farewell address from Samuel. The highlights of this, first of all, is that Samuel himself has acted with integrity. Now, we know from earlier that Samuel's sons did not walk in the same kind of integrity, and Samuel could not stand up there and say, here are my sons. How have my sons mistreated you? Because we know that his sons had begun to take bribes and to pervert the course of justice Uh, by accepting bribes but Samuel himself is in so many ways a model of a good judge a faithful judge not only was he honest and he didn't take any bribes and he didn't extort anything from the people remember Gideon after the great battle which the Lord gave them victory over the Midianites Gideon asked the people to to give all their earrings and make an ephod for him And, and so he had this great gold ephod which became a stumbling block Uh, for Israel. And think about Samson and how selfish he was as a judge. And so not all the judges had this outstanding character, but Samuel had outstanding character. He had integrity. And that's a reminder to us of, of two things. First of all, in this way, Samuel is a type of Christ. Christ could stand up before his enemies, even his accusers, even those who resented him and wanted to get rid of him, and he could say, which one of you convicts me of sin? What have I done wrong? And the Lord Jesus was blameless. Of course, the Lord Jesus was completely blameless, and Samuel here, we're not necessarily being told that he's completely blameless in every single thing about his life. He apparently wasn't uh, an incredibly faithful father in that his son's Both of his sons end up being corrupt and self-seeking. But he is, he's innocent in this public discharge of his duty. And the Lord Jesus is the innocent one, the righteous one. So we see that Samuel is a type of Christ first. And second of all, Samuel and Christ are both models for us to follow. What does it mean to follow the Lord? It doesn't just mean to say we have faith in God and have strong feelings for God and go to church and worship. It also means that, you know, 7 days a week in our dealings with other people we treat people with justice and with fairness we treat people the way we would want to be treated we walk in integrity we don't extort we don't steal we don't ask for a bribe we don't we don't oppress people we're not self-seeking so that is point number 1 in that first main paragraph and then the second point here Samuel gives us a very short rehearsal of the period of the judges, which basically looks like this. God brings you deliverance, and you rejoice, but very soon thereafter you turn aside to false gods and to wicked ways, and so God brings judgment. You cry out to the Lord for deliverance. God brings a judge. God, through that judge, brings you a deliverance, and you rejoice, but then you turn aside And do evil. And then, after this whole cycle of the judges, this sort of downward spiral, which actually ends with the best judge, probably of them all, of Samuel, at the end of all of this, when you finally get a righteous judge, you decide that you need to have a king, that it's not good enough to have the Lord your God be king over you as your protector, as your provider, as your defender, as your warrior in your midst. The Lord is not good enough for you. You want a king like the other nations. And that's evil. And here, here we see an important distinction. So it wasn't wrong that Israel should have a king. In fact, we can see in the law in Deuteronomy that God was already planning for a king. And we know in David and in David's house, God wanted there to be a king over Israel. And he provided a king over Israel in the house of David and then in the seed of David, the Lord Jesus Christ. But what was wrong was for the people to ask for a king over them so that they could put their trust in the king and not in the Lord. They wanted to be like the other nations who had great warrior kings who could defend them and protect them in battle. They didn't want to trust in the Lord. And that, to us, is a reminder that there may be many good things in our lives that God has given us, That are not wrong in and of themselves, a house, a job, a bank account, the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans, you know, cars, technology. All of these things are not bad in and of themselves, and they're given to us by God. But when we start asking for things, so that we can put our trust in those things, so that we can keep up with the Joneses or pursue the American dream or Put our confidence in our retirement account or whatever. Anytime we're doing that, we're acting like Israel and asking for a king for ourselves. We're saying, Yes, Lord, you're our God. You're our security. You're our salvation. But I really need a million dollars in my 401k. You know, I've got to have it there because that's going to be my security. What would I do without it? Or I've got to have, and it's, again, it's not, it's not that it's wrong to have that. But the idea that we're seeking it and we're pursuing it because we have to have it and because we're going to put our hope in it, that's wrong. And so it's it's a matter of the heart, really. It's not a matter of the external circumstance. Two Christians can be living in the same kind of house, have the same kind of job, about the same kind of salary, and one of them is trusting in those things and clinging to them for his hope and his security. And the other is trusting in the Lord and holding all of those things with a loose hand and generously giving to others and not putting his hope in those things. And that's the orientation of the heart is what matters. So we need to ask ourselves, where is our trust? Where is our confidence? Where is our security? Where is our identity? Who is our God? Is it the Lord? Or is it some earthly thing that he's given us that we've decided to put our trust in? It could be almost anything, but we need to make sure that we are seeking the Lord. And then there's this consequence that comes where Samuel prays and it sends thunder and rain all that day. It is the wheat harvest. So during wheat harvest is the time when you absolutely do not want rain and thunder because you're bringing in the sheaves of wheat. And if they get rained on, they get wet and then they start to mold and mildew and and, then the whole harvest can be ruined. And so it it was a disastrous time for there to be a thunderstorm and a rainstorm. And generally they planned harvest seasons, you know, after the rains are gone and it's the dry season, they would bring in the harvest. But God sends this consequence for these actions. And so that's a reminder to us that idolatry, which is really what the people were doing, they were idolizing having a king, Idolatry, putting our hearts and hopes and things of this world, it has real consequences. And those consequences can be devastating. And so we must repent of our idolatry. I think sometimes as Christians, we become almost complacent in saying, well, yeah, everybody tends toward idolatry and we're all kind of guilty of it. And it's not right. We shouldn't do it. And then we just sort of, you know, carry on. But really, we need to repent because idolatry has disastrous consequences. And yet, the final note in 1 Samuel 12, and yet God is gracious. God calls the people to serve him with all of his heart. Even though they've asked for a king, even though they have this history of idolatry, God says, if you'll just serve me with all your heart, then I'll bless you. I won't forsake you. It's pleased me to make you a people for myself, and so I will be with you. And Samuel himself says, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And so the message here at the end is, God never gives up on his people, and neither should we. God never gives up on his people, and neither should we. So that's the grace of God that we see in 1 Samuel chapter 12. And ultimately, Samuel, even at the end of this chapter, is again a type of Christ in that Jesus never ceases to pray for us. Samuel says in verse 23, Far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and right way. Well, what is Jesus doing right now? He's praying for us at the right hand of God the Father, and he's sending his Spirit to illuminate his word, so that we can be instructed in his way. This is what he's doing for us continually. And so we need to be faithful to him, serve him faithfully with all of our hearts for the great things that he has done for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have been good to us. You are great. You are worthy of our praise and our loyalty and our discipleship. You are the one who has all wisdom and all love and all power. And you've been so good to us. You've given us so much in your Son, Jesus Christ, so much grace, so much salvation. Help us to be faithful. Help us to walk in integrity, to trust in Jesus and not in the things of this world, to turn our backs on idolatry, and to follow after you. For you are our God and our hope, today and always. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, 1 Samuel 12 another great chapter in God's Word tomorrow. Intern Mike will be with us with Mark chapter 5, so I hope you can join us for that, and as always, have a blessed day in the Lord.